We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week four, uh, the DFS version, Friday version. I am Scott Jenstead, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Looking forward to breaking down the slate here. If you could uh, please rate and review the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. It does go a long way towards helping the podcast, helping people find the podcast, which are both very good things in our world. Uh, Andrew, we're, we're clicking along here. Week four, how are you this Friday morning? Uh, as I was explaining to you last or just now, I went to sleep at halftime of the Jets Broncos game last night. So better than if I had stayed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brett Rippon tried to bring you guys back in the game, but didn't quite get there. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, joking around how the Jets found a way to score 28 points with only one offensive touchdown, which was on like a total broken play and a, probably a highlight of Sam Darnold's career. And, um, I think the interesting thing about Sam Darnold is wondering who he will be a backup for next year and whether it'll be even at the Jets. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good place. Does Gaze uh, survive the week? No, he does. They actually said... Uh, oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, they said he there would definitely not be a in-season move unless something catastrophic happens. Apparently, this was a decision made before uh, last night's game, which ah, right. seems odd. But So um, that, that means they're just fully going for Trevor Lawrence then. My son... Uh, who is nine asked me this morning in dead serious um, are the jets tanking for the number one pick? And 
I had to explain to him that just like, no, they are actually this bad. Um, that the number one pick would be just like a benefit of being this bad, but they're not actually trying to be this bad. And he was upset at that answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the poor guy. He's nine. The Jets fan. He's got a long way to go. It's, um, I mean, I'm 39 and I have a long way. Like it's been my entire life. Like they have one Super Bowl in my life. And it was funny. They, did a little thing on Joe Namath last night because they do that for every nationally televised Jets game. They always have to bring it up. I saw that. And uh, somebody noted on Twitter, I saw that um, Cam Newton is like the present day Joe Namath, like with the outfits and everything. But um, people who are older than me, who are old enough to appreciate Joe Namath's playing days, specifically Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, have a very, very different opinion of Namath than I do. Um, like, statistically, he w- wasn't good. And so he's kind of in the this, like, realm because of the ridiculous uh, upset Super Bowl three. But, like, right. the every time they're like, well, let's see what Joe Namath thinks. And it's like, I don't care what Joe Namath thinks. I'm like, nobody <laughs> my age cares. And it's like... It's just very odd that like a player who means so much to the franchise uh, and pretty much everyone my age and below not only doesn't care what Joe Namath has to say, but it's almost like we prefer not to know. Um, and and you know him almost as much as the drunk guy saying he's going to kiss Susie Colbert on the sideline. I mean, that's why he's famous for most people my age yeah. and under. Like it's, they were just like, crazy. oh, he's that guy from the Super Bowl. And... He's never really like there was, there's never been, and I probably feel this way about plenty of ex players, but like there's never been a moment where I'm like, I wonder what Joe Namath thinks about this. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. It's just like every time they bring it up, it's just like, this is the guy. I mean, he's like the, the most famous player in the history of the team that I have cheered for my entire life. And I just had the, the only feeling I have on Joe Namath are negative because I think he's a clown and, <laughs> Um, they, they just constantly bring him up, like asking what he thinks. Right. And the Susie Colbert thing is like, that's what people think of with Joe Namath. Yeah. So, so let's jump into, uh, into week four. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, that's a good, I like it. I like it. Like good, good Joe Namath red stars off is good. Yeah. Uh, I find week four, uh, utterly fascinating to be honest yeah. with you, but let's, uh, let's talk about first of all, who's real quick. Who's off the slate. You mentioned the, the jets and Broncos are not, uh, not on the slate, which does not really hamper the slate at all. Uh, Philly and San Francisco Sunday night doesn't really hamper the slate either, to be honest, even though it's my 49ers. Uh, the, the one game that does have some, uh, some players that we might play is Atlanta and Green Bay play Monday night. It's a pretty good game. Uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee has obviously been postponed uh, due to the, uh, the the COVID infections on the Titans side. Um, but the biggest thing with this slate, it's it kind of two things for me as I looked at it. One is, and we'll get to it, is the number of gigantic over-unders that yeah. we have. Uh, there's seven games over 50. I think we had one or two last week. And to me, it's, it's it's really interesting. I just think it's a it's a week where the percentages, the ownership percentage are going to be really spread out because there's, so there's so many different ways to go. Like last week, I got to the point – where I was like, all right, I'm just going to stack Seattle, Dallas, and then kind of make pieces fit around it. I'm either going to go, you know, Wilson and receiver and a receiver coming back, or Wilson and receiver and Zeke, or or Dak and a receiver. And it was like I just kind of got to the point where that was the obvious game to stack. We don't have that this week. We've got 
We've got seven games. Like I said, they're over 50. Uh, I'll go through them here real quick. But um, I think percentages are going to be very, very split up this week at all the positions. There are not. There's no, like, super obvious free square this week. There's 900 different ways you can go at running back and receiver. And quarterback, there's, like, the top seven guys are all out there. It's, uh, it's, a, week, it's a week that I think is going to be really, really spread out and kind of fun. Yeah. I, I, we uh, would refer to this as, like, a great GPP week. Like, they're yeah. – um, and it's not because it's like, obviously when we had the, that Dallas-Seattle game last week, everyone's like, oh, I want that game. And then people who try to play really contrarian would fade that game. And But this one, like you said, with, with just so many points, and it's not even just like, like 50 is obviously a very arbitrary number, but like we have other games at 49 and 48. So it's not, it's not like it just drops off. And so... Uh, and, and I think some of that is Vegas, uh, you know, reacting to the fact there's been a ton of points scored over the, the first three weeks. But... Yeah. Some of these matchups, you've got you've got really, really good offense or really bad defenses, whatever it is, they they kind of piece together. Where you can see you can see a lot of these guys, a lot of these games really get this total maybe going over. And you mentioned last week, you know, people that are fading Seattle Dallas, but that ended up thirty eight thirty one. So you know, n- unless you were like you know fading Zeke work because he was not great, but you know all the receivers, the quarterbacks are really huge. Um, one of those weeks where the where the chalk over under game uh, certainly came through in a big way. Yeah, and. I mean, it, yeah, it's just like one of those things where for this week, the games that are under 50 should be relatively ignored, which, um, you know, obviously gives you some some leverage standpoint. But it's like it's one thing to say like, oh, uh, Colts Bears, let me stack that game because nobody's touching it. And I think that'll score more than like um, Dallas Cleveland. But it's like that needs to score more than than six other games, basically. Like, you're not yeah. trying to get leverage over one or two games. It's just, like, so many others where, like you said, no, there's not going to be, like, a single or, you know, two or three stacks that are going to be really popular. It's going to be there. Everything's going to be spread out. And so uh, you just have to kind of find the right pieces. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you want to fade Cleveland-Dallas, you have so many choices that are over 50. So let's, let's jump in those games real yeah. quick. We've got New Orleans at Detroit over-unders 54, Arizona-Carolina 51 and a half. Cleveland, Dallas, 56, Minnesota, Houston, 54 and a half, Seattle and Miami, 53 and a half, New England and Kansas City, 53, and Buffalo at the Las Vegas Raiders over under 52 and a half. Um, we've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, I don't remember a week where there are more like three or four 50 point games. Seven is just huge. Just huge. And what it like you would laugh if I told you a month ago that Buffalo at Las Vegas was right. going to be at 52 and a half or whatever. We said it was like, yeah, that's even, wild. Even Seattle, Miami, like we knew Seattle could score, but 53 and a half, the, the, the hidden fact and all this is, you know, Russell Wilson's been so good, but Seattle's defense has been absolutely awful. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are going to be points to be had. And in terms of the low side, there's no games that are under 43. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Chicago game against Indianapolis that over under is 43. Uh, the Chargers at the Buccaneers also over under a 43. Um, but everything else is, uh, you know, there's no like 38 point games this week. Nothing like that. Uh, I think almost every game, you know, probably those two at the 43 are probably kind of out. But almost every other game is in play. Um, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun wild week. It should be, uh, there should be a lot of points scored. It should be some high totals in GPPs for sure. Yeah, it's um, I, not that it's like an easier uh, GPP week than cash week, but like cash is somewhat tough this week only because like a lot of the, like I always go back to like my blind stacks and stuff like that. And like what guys we'll get into specifically where some of those guys fall this week. But um, 
like you said, there's no like free square. And so it's, yep. it gets a little tougher in that respect just because, um, obviously you're going to have people who gravitate towards these other games just because there's so many points. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this guy is actually really popular in cash just because either the salary fit in and just like, we're going to see despite so many options. I think obviously we're still going to see some guys in cash games that are higher, higher owned just because they end up there. It's kind of a weird, yeah. uh, weird week that way. I find it, I find it pretty tough, but, uh, but fun. So I'm yeah. looking forward to looking forward to going through. Let's start with the running backs. Um, Easily the highest guy this week is uh, Alvin Kamara at Detroit, $8,800 on DraftKings. At FanDuel, it's a little more uh, leveled out. There's like three or four guys that are kind of near uh, near the top. But he's uh, he's clearly far and away the highest-priced guy at, uh, at in DraftKings. Having a huge season, two touchdowns in each game, kind of a weird like opposite the way he started last year where he couldn't score and was you know kind of banged up. Uh, 13 catches last week on 14 targets, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had 58 yards rushing. He has 23 targets in two games without Michael Thomas. The other, the other kind of highlight of this week is how many receivers are questionable this yeah. week. Michael Thomas is one of those also. I don't think he's going to play, but there are a ton of wide receivers who have the little Q next to them on, on whatever fantasy platform you use, um, and that's going to be a big story. Is, you know which of these guys play? Obviously, uh, you know some of those are on uh, Monday night. We've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Devontae Adams, so we don't have to worry about those. But there's a ton of receivers that are kind of maybe to play this week. Uh, Aaron Jones, Detroit, d- destroyed this. Said Detroit defense a couple weeks ago. He had something like uh, 200 and 240 yards uh, overall with a couple of with three touchdowns. Uh, Kamara, obviously uh, a popular guy, been going off. How do you feel about him with the uh, the fact that he's kind of separated himself price wise? Just as we go through all of this stuff, like how spread out things are going to be, and you, there are all these games to choose from. Like everyone's going to have Kamara. Like I think certainly in cash, I think he's the first one you go to. Um, we kind of look at the other. Uh, receivers on the slate nobody catches passes like him. I mean, he's basically i mean we've said this before he's a wide receiver who gets like a decent number of carries um, he's uh he, if you take out his running stats and just put him a wide receiver he's wide receiver four on the season that's incredible that's it's incredible. impossible but it's it's wild um i mean you can obviously like nick pit nit pick with him <laughs> plenty like last week you're playing like the starting running back for somebody and he has six rushing attempts and you're like well, I'm not playing a running back for that. But when you're targeted 14 times um, and catch 13 of them and two of them are touchdowns, it's like I just don't see how um, I don't see how you go into a build specifically in cash and be like, that's that's not who I want. How do you feel about the fact that he's a thousand more than Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott? Um, is that on FanDuel? Uh, DraftKings. I think it's eighty eight hundred and seventy eight hundred, right? No, Kamara's only eight thousand. Oh, eight thousand. Yeah. I had the, oh, he's eighty eight hundred on Fanduel. My bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, I had I was a little off on on that far separated. Then, do you uh, you you like Kamara clearly over Zeke then with the with the price difference? Yeah, I think there will be plenty of people who try to get both, um, because uh, I think there's reason to believe that Zeke can be a little more effective this week um, in presumably a closer game than. Um, the ones that they've had to just throw a ton in. But right. um, I think when it comes down to it, like Kamara, just the, the the work in the passing game, specifically if Michael Thomas is out. I mean, if Thomas comes back, which I don't think we're expecting at all, um, then it change, certainly changes it a little bit. But I, right. I think Kamara is still just like so firmly the top one. 
Yeah, I think so too. I do like Zeke this week. Uh, you mentioned the the kind of the game script. Uh, you know, should be a better game script playing as, as a favorite against the Browns. Uh, but Cleveland's only allowed 3.4 yards per carry. They've been pretty good. They held Joe Mixon to 16 carries and 46 yards. Zeke was weird last week. Like that yeah. Dallas offense was extremely efficient and good when he was not involved. Like his his run his runs were not efficient. He had 12 targets, which he turned into six catches for 24 yards and kind of dropped a couple of them. Um, their offense, the only time it really kind of fumbled was when they used him and were trying to dump him off, dump the ball off to him. So it was a it was a weird week for Zeke. But you know, I think it's one of those things that uh, I mean, he's going to figure it out. He's going to get volume. If they get ahead, he's going to get a lot of carries in the second half. So uh, I do like him this week. Hard not to go with uh, with Kamara instead. But the guy below both of them, uh, Dalvin Cook, we talked about a lot the first couple weeks. He finally broke out in a big way last week. 22 carries for 181 yards and a touchdown, five targets. This Houston run D has been thrashed. That's who he gets this week. They have allowed 18 runs of 10-plus uh, yards. Uh, James Conner was 18 for a buck nine against them. The Baltimore running backs had a field day in week two with uh, 21 carries for 176 yards between the three of them. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had uh, 130 yards week one. Uh, if Minnesota can just stay in this game, which they did a lot better last week against Tennessee, um, Dalvin Cook uh, projects really, really well. This yeah, week. no, I think you nailed everything on that. Um, the only thing you can sort of be hesitant on is that he's not getting like every goal line carry, which is odd, but like we see Alexander Madison getting a few. I mean, he's getting some. It's not like they're avoiding Dalvin Cook down there, but... Um, I'm impressed you didn't go with Alexander Madison in the Alexander Hamilton theme song. Uh, I just, I automatically say that automatically. <laughs> it's uh, impossible. Not to. Impossible. Sorry. Um, yeah, but like, I don't know. He, he's not like a heavily targeted wide or excuse me, running back. Like maybe just looking at how often the saints throw to Camara. Yeah. It's kind of not that I like expect everybody to get that many targets, but like cook really doesn't play a big role in that, in that part of their offense, which is weird since Thielen's like the only one, that they have, like you'd think that they would want to utilize cook a little more than that. But um, yeah, I mean, the matchup is great. And I think that's one of those where you could play cook and then run back with uh, the Houston uh, passing game pretty easily. Although you have to, I I think you have to wonder if the same thing that you've been wondering all every week with Minnesota is like, if they can stay in the game or not, because if they can't, then um, you get weeks one and two of Dalvin cook and not last week. Yeah, although Minnesota was a different offense last week, they they brought uh, Justin Jefferson big yep. time into the offense. He had a he had a huge game, and uh, we talked about the first two weeks how they just like they ran no plays, like they were so far behind everybody else, and just in general plays run. Um, seems like they ramped it up a little bit last week. Uh, it'll be interesting. Houston, um, Houston had a brutal schedule to start the season. They played Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. I don't know who hates Bill O'Brien in the NFL offices, but like that's a brutal schedule. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to figure that Houston's their their eyes are probably lit up seeing seeing Minnesota on the schedule right now uh, who has struggled to start the year in a big way. Uh this going to be interesting. It is one of those games that could sneakily be uh, one of those ones that uh the, the total kind of pops even higher than it is. Yeah. No, I mean it's in that group that we were talking about and so um I mean, when you look at it literally any of these games yeah. could go to 60 or 65-70, you know, it's not like um it's not like they're going to finish where they kind of rank right now. And so, yeah, this could definitely be the highest scoring game of the week. So above 60, I'm going to go above 6,500, let's say. I, I think it's a pretty clear drop-off uh, between these top three guys we just mentioned, the next guys. We've got uh, 
Austin Eckler at 7,100, Nick Chubb at 7,000, Josh Jacobs 6,800, Jonathan Taylor 6,600. Uh, do any of those guys uh, jump out to you as someone that you're eager to play, considering how close they are to those those top three guys? Yeah, I think just because they're so close, at least from a cash perspective, it's it's tough to do that. I mean, we have talked plenty about how Tampa Bay is much better against the run than they are the pass, although a lot of what Eckler does is through the air anyway. But if you yeah, and great to see how how active he is with with Herbert compared to that first week with oh, Tyron. Oh man, for sure. Um, but still, like you're only get. I mean, maybe it's a positive that you don't have to rely so much on. Uh, Eckler's rushing attempts, but ultimately it's a team that's very good against running backs. And um, I'll always have hesitancy on, on Nick Chubb just because of how much they use Kareem Hunt. Um, Jacobs is kind of interesting because it seems like he's their best bet to control that game. Like the more mm-hmm. touches they give Jacobs, then I can't believe I'm about to say this. It keeps Josh Allen off the field. And so, uh, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I, I th- 2020 is a weird year. It's a very weird year. Um, so I think he makes more sense than like Eckler Chubb or even Jonathan Taylor against the Bears. Like the Bears generally are a team I'm not like trying to go after. And um, it was just kind of weird how little he played against the Jets last week. That Not that I think he's like going to lose any possibilities, but I think the guy just below them might be the best one in the group. Yeah, that, so that, that's my thing why I, I, I cut it off at 6,500. I, I think that uh, I like a lot of guys under 6,500, yeah. that this group, uh, this group, kind of the second tier, I guess I'd call it, but below Cook and above uh, above 6,500, uh, kind of got lost for me a little bit when I was building my teams. I think that uh, I agree with you on Jacobs is probably my favorite one of the group. And the Chubb thing's wild. Like, he's been so good. Yeah. But you're right. Like, you just ha- he's got to score. He's got to hit one because Kareem Hunt's really, really good, too. And um, you know, this is a different game script probably this week. They're going to have to throw – they're going to probably have to throw the ball more than they want to against Dallas to keep up in that game. But, you know, the Dallas defense is really bad. So I, I could see – you've seen Nick Chubb break a couple, but it's just – it's hard to count on that with this game script and the fact that he does split carries so much. Yeah, I mean, Hunt hasn't practiced this week yet. We're taping this Friday morning, so yeah. um, it doesn't sound like they think he's going to miss out. But, I mean – that changes Chubb a little bit for me, but he's still like priced yeah, up. Like I feel like they... a, it changes a bunch for me if he doesn't play because I just think that if, if Chubb were to be involved in the passing game also and, and you, you lock in twenty something carries, um, I think he becomes a little more interesting. I just think with if a Hunt plays, I, just, I can't do it at seven thousand. Yeah, it's just weird because like Chubb is priced as if Hunt's not playing. He is. Um, yeah, he's high up there. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I for cash at least, I have no interest in in like trying to figure out a split backfield where. There are so many guys even below this price range that have pretty clear roles in situations you'd want to take advantage of. So let's jump under 6,500 on DraftKings then. I uh, Probably my favorite running back play of the week is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't know why Steve, I don't know why Steve Levy <laughs> just emphasized the E so darn much. It was it was really weird. Like, I get that the H is silent, and I can maybe say it too much, but, like, he was so emphatic about it. It was really strange. Um, well, it's also, like— just because the H is silent doesn't mean it's a hard E. <laughs> right. Like most of us don't say hell air. We'll just say like right. L air. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. E like air. It was, yeah, he was heavy. He was big into it. Well, it was enough where I was like, I don't watch every Chiefs game, but I didn't think I was mispronouncing hell uh, air that differently. And obviously he played for LSU last year. So he was on TV a ton also. A ton, it was right. uh, it was the first time I had heard it uh, pronounced uh, quite that emphatically. Yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, I love him this week. Uh, he had 20 carries last week against Baltimore on Monday night. Only 64 yards was not a, extremely efficient. But, uh, you know, he it was a really good sign. He had five catches for 70 yards, which, you know, if he's going to get the ball in the passing game in that offense, I mean, that dump-off play is just wide open. When they, when you got to guard Kelsey and Hill and Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardman, and uh, we don't have to guard Demarcus Robinson. He's not going to catch it anyway. But, um, wide open. but for, 14 targets the last two weeks is a really good sign. Um, you know, playing against New England, I think that uh, historically against New England, Bel- Belichick really tries to shut down Travis Kelsey. We talked about last week out. Uh, we didn't like Darren uh, Darren Waller because the you know Belichick was going to take away their best weapon. He's uh, he's really focused on t- Kelsey when they've played. Um, he he usually, they usually put Stephon Gilmore on Sammy Watkins, and then kind of shade coverage towards Tyreek Hill. But there you got to figure that you know the thing Belichick's going to try and do is make it a little bit tougher on Mahomes. If Mahomes gets loose, it's just impossible to stop them. We just saw Monday night. I think that uh, he's going to dare. Kansas City to run the ball. I love I love CEH this week. He's probably my favorite running back pay. Price down at 6,400. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it. I I, I always, um, like the New England's another one that I just kind of always hesitate going after if I don't have to. They're at home, though. Like Kansas City's at home, so that I think helps a little bit even without. I guess they do have some fans they there. They do. So. They, I think they have like 19,000. I forget what percentage it was, but yeah. like, it's, like, it's almost like 20%, I think. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's certainly one that's like worth considering. Um, I'm just not sure. Like, the Kansas City backfield's always one where like they can romp without without it. And so, um, I don't know. There are guys cheaper that I think I'm more interested in. All right, I I love Ceh this week. He's gonna be one of my one of my big targets for sure. Um, so who do you like uh, below him? Are we are we back on Kenyon Drake this week? Is this kind of the do or die week for Kenyon Drake at six thousand against uh, Carolina? Um, I asked about how I feel, but it's Carolina, man. The running backs against Carolina, is right? Just, uh, right. Um, I, it makes sense. Um, thankfully, like it feels like DraftKings is just like tempting us every week because like <laughs> so much so he. I mean, 16, 20, and 18 carries in the three games. They're now playing like this um, sieve of a rush defense. He really isn't involved in the passing game, which is a little frustrating only because they pass the ball so much. Uh, I think I would be all over it if it weren't for a number of guys further down the salary scale that I think haven't burned me enough where (laughs) I'm willing to do it. Um, But like we haven't a lot of running backs in this sub 6,500 range that um, could match the guys above them, except maybe, you know, the three we talked about at the top that I I just, it seems like uh, if you're going to put yourself into a situation with a running back or multiple running backs that uh, either they don't catch many passes or there's like a slightly split backfield, or maybe it's not an ideal matchup. Uh, if you can do that and pay less than six thousand on DraftKings, why would you do it to pay? Why would you pay sixty eight hundred or seven thousand for those situations? Where, because um, we'll get to wide receivers, but there are like so many wide receivers to play this week, also in like every price range. But yep. the ones at the top seem to be like they're more at the top than there are running backs, and so um, that's a long way of saying I really don't want to play Drake this week, despite the perfect matchup and the great price. 
Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of lineups this week that have like one of the top three running backs and then two of these guys below six thousand. Yes, absolutely. You can kind of you can kind of fit you can kind of fit that around everything else. Um, I am going to be going back to Drake. I think that uh, it's one more week for we for me and just the fact that it's Carolina. They've given up what seven rushing touchdowns and 100 total yards to all three of the running backs they faced. Um, he's just so active in an offense that runs so many plays. I can't see how he can't work at some point, but. Uh, he's burned me so far. You know, he's been horrible, but has not been, you know, good enough for the for the price, even though he's priced down. I think I'm definitely going to have some Drake this week, but uh, I think it's one more week for me. And if he, if it's not this week, then I'd probably jump off for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that I don't want to get burned by Drake again while saying that Alvin Kamara is like an easy play. And I <laughs> regular listeners of this podcast know our history with Alvin Kamara. So like, yep. it's, a, it's tougher for me uh, with that. But just like, Looking at the next guys in this range, I mean, um, Devin Singletary, like under 6,000. It sounds like, um, at least the last I saw, that Moss, Zach Moss might come back. Um, practice, he was limited practice this week, but like even if he does play, I think it's like a decent situation for, um, for Singletary. We got Joe Mixon against the Jaguars. Um, which is perfectly fine matchup given how much they continue to use him. Joe Burrow does throw quite a bit, but Mixon's now actually getting targeted a little more than than he had been, but he's obviously the guy who's going to get all the carries. And then um, the guys that I, I'm going to save one guy, but the ones that I can't believe that I, not that I feel like I'm forced to play. Um, one of them is Mike Davis. Yep. In that basically playing opposite Drake. Uh he is getting basically all the work that they want to give a running back uh, 17 targets in the past two games. I mean, he's basically being targeted like McCaffrey or even if it's 70% of McCaffrey um, McCaffrey was the second target, most targeted player in the NFL last year. So I, understandably they're not going to give the ball to Mike Davis that much, but at 5,700 in a game that sh- should have a pretty high pace, like that makes sense. And then the other one who, I, I, I'm like actually like embarrassed to even say because um, I can't believe I'm actually going to possibly do it is um, David Johnson against that Minnesota defense that's just been absolutely scorched by running backs. Duke Johnson coming back uh, sounds like he's practiced fully this week, like makes me maybe not want to play Johnson as much. Um, and unfortunately that probably pushes me to Drake. But I think David Johnson just in that offense, that's going to be another one we say every week. Like in that offense, it should work. It really hasn't worked enough, but he makes a lot of sense this week. Yeah, and we talked about the fact that you know Houston had such three difficult matchups, but I just I don't like the usage with Johnson. I mean, he's got 11, 11, and 13 rushes, but you know four, four, and three targets. I just I would have thought that in some of those games where they were behind or, you know, trying to catch up and, you know, facing good offenses, they would have dumped down to him a lot more and they didn't. Um, I just haven't seen in that offense enough to play him over uh, these other guys in the range that I do like more. That's fair. That's fair. The guy I didn't want to give out yet, but I want to ask you about is yep. Daryl Henderson. That's, that's my other bolded guy. Yeah. I figured he was the guy you were saving. I, in this range, uh, I had, uh, I had Drake bolded, I had Mike Davis bolded, I had Mixon bolded, and then Darrell Henderson also bolded. 5,800 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. He has really come on the last couple of weeks. Uh, great game script. I mean, the Rams are a huge favorites against the Giants, deservedly so. The Giants are really bad. Um, but Darrell Henderson breaking out the last couple of weeks. I mean, 24, 114, a touchdown at Buffalo. Uh, 12 for 81 and a touchdown at Philly the week before uh, New York's given up a lot of combined yards to, to running backs. So kind of like receiving and, uh, and rushing uh, you know, Jeff Wilson.
Wilson had two touchdowns last week, and Jarek McKinnon had 77 yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery was good the week before that with 127 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, I, I, I probably need Cam Akers not to play, although yeah. David didn't use him when he was healthy anyway. Uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, same kind of thing. It just seems like Darrell Henderson is, is the guy right now, and all we care about DFS is right now, and this offense is really humming along. Jared Goff is playing exceptionally well, leading the NFL in YPA. I mean, the Giants are going to have to have to defend against that. you got Woods and Cup running around and Tyler Higby. Um, I think Darrell Henderson, like in terms of like game script and flow, um, as long as he's the guy again, just fits perfectly at 5,800. Yeah. Um, I was reading um, Jerry Donabedian's um, hidden stat line for the running backs earlier this week, and he noted basically that um, Malcolm Brown got like did most of his work on passing downs, which isn't overly surprising. Like I think people were expecting Henderson to get most of the carries. I mean, Henderson, it was 20 to seven in carries. Henderson was three to two in targets, but Brown actually ran 17 routes versus Henderson's 10. Um, But like Henderson got most of the, like a significant amount of the red zone work. Um, He had three straight inside the five carries, which like sounds good, but then you realize he didn't score on those carries. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You'd prefer one straight. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, in a game they're heavily favored in um, that has like a decent, I mean, it's funny. Normally we'd be like, it has a 48 point total. Like that's pretty good. And now it's like the seventh highest on the slate. But, um, I think the Rams, I would say the Rams part of that's probably still pretty darn good. Right. The Rams actually have, uh, the, they're tied for the highest implied total on the slate with Dallas. And so if you look at it that way, it makes him look a little bit better, but, um, yeah, I think you can make a case that one of Drake, Singletary, Mixon, Henderson, and maybe, David Johnson, if we want to be nice, like make a lot of sense in this range. Um, I'd, add, I'd add Mike Davis in that mix, I think, too. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mike Davis as well. I mean, there, there's there's six very playable, pretty clear options right there. It's going to be hard to pick which ones to use, but under 6,000, I mean, to have those options, it's, it's really good this week. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I don't think we can completely ignore David Montgomery um, at 5,500 yeah. on DraftKings. Like, I think he's, he's worth it in that range, too. So, um, yeah, there's just there you you have plenty of choices down here that if you don't want to have to take the guys who are at least a thousand more, like these guys, one or two of these guys should certainly perform just as well as those others. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned all these guys and how many good options there are in this price range. Kind of makes me not even think about Carlos Hyde, whereas normally I'd think about that if Chris Carson doesn't play, and I don't think he's going to fifty three hundred on DraftKings. But um, you know, if Hyde was maybe forty five hundred, I might think about it if Carson was out, but. I'm just not totally sure that uh, he'll be the goal line guy, but I'm not totally sure he's not going to split a bunch of carries with Travis Homer um, at 5,300. I can pretty much, I can pretty much cross hide out just because there's so many options really close. that I like more. Yeah. I mean, Hyde and Carson have both been limited in practice this week, but like they are somewhat practicing whatever a limited practice actually does. Right. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind a Travis Homer free square this week though. Yeah. That was going to be my next thing for you is if Hyde and Carson both didn't play, would you consider Homer at 4,000? I mean, it's easily like, I don't know how you, how you wouldn't. I mean, obviously that offense is built around Russell Wilson throwing the ball, but, uh, they're huge favorites. Funny funny we say that after the last few years. Yeah, seriously. Um, but like huge favorites, um, in a game with a high total, mostly because of them. Uh, and you can get their starting running back for 4,000 on DraftKings. Like, yes, yes, I would play that. For sure. And I, but I think it had to be both Carson and Hyde actually. Yeah, absolutely. Both of them have to be out. 
I think that I, you know, Hyde's like, oh, he's going to play a little. I just, I don't think I mess with it. But if they're both out, I actually picked up Homer in a couple season long leagues too because they just, they said, like you said, a piece of this offense for a really cheap price. So you kind of have to go with that. Is there anybody else uh, under Hyde at fifty three hundred that uh, you're considering this week? Or I think that I mean that's everybody I have, but I didn't want to see if there's anybody else you you, you possibly liked. Um, I mean, I th- I just don't see a reasonable enough case to play guys like Gaskin or. Devonte Freeman, Burkhead, Adrian Peterson. I mean, Ronald Jones, if Fournette, uh, I think is out. So like they're guys, but I'm not sure with, with how much value there is even yeah. more expensive. I just don't see a necessary reason to be down here. Yeah. I think the, I think the past game is a little tougher. So let's, let's jump into that. But first a note from our sponsor prediction strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in that player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in, stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year? You knew this is all would happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projection, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player is not currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 off your first deposit of $20 or more. So Andrew mentioned earlier at the top uh, how kind of ownership uh, projections are going to be kind of all over the place, uh, percentages, I, I should say. Uh, I think that the, the main part of that is quarterback. We've got, you know, usually we've got, you know, a couple big quarterbacks off the slate. we got a Thursday night big game or a Sunday night big game. We mentioned, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan playing Monday night. But, you know, you got Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Burry, Newton, Deshaun Watson. All these guys kind of in the same price range. And obviously, uh, you know, Lamar is the top and it kind of trickles down. Uh, there are so many ways to go quarterback this week. So many ways I think that are really kind of really good too that I wouldn't have a problem with. Do you have anybody that you're you're really leaning towards at the top here that uh, you like more than everybody else? Uh, kind of. Uh, okay, who is? Well, it's funny. Last week, um, one of the conversations in the Discord, the subscriber Discord, was about um, Kyler Murray, and it was one of somebody said. Uh, anytime Kyler Murray is under 7,000, like he's an easy play. And I think last week he was 6,800 and was the third most expensive quarterback on the slate. Like I think it was uh, Wilson, Dak, and then Kyler. Yep. yep. And so I went this week and it was like, oh, he's 7,000. Like now it's a decision. And I'm like, oh, he's the sixth most expensive quarterback <laughs> at 7,000 uh, on DraftKings. And so... It's like, all right, we're going to have to like really make decisions here. And obviously they're great matchups. Like Lamar and Russ have great matchups. Um, but given how much, uh, like, it, I, I'm not sure you need to go all the way up this week. Um, I actually think you should have included Jared Goff on that list. Um, he was he was on my sheet, but I just uh, I didn't get to mentioning him. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think he's been awesome. Yeah, I think you can make an argument for any of them, which is a really crappy response. Like, I probably, um, like if you're gonna pay eighty one hundred for Lamar Jackson, like I think you're just fine paying seventy eight for Russ. Um, I don't necessarily think seventy four hundred for Mahomes in um, in cash is necessary. Like, I feel like Wilson's like close enough that you could just play him. Um, I get Josh Allen, like 
he's going to bankrupt me, but like, I just continue to not play him. Um, Dak makes plenty of sense. Uh, Kyler does obviously, but like, I don't know. It's a, it's a crappy answer. Cause I think like they're all fine. I think Russ is probably the best of the group though. Yeah, I do too. I, I think for me, it's going to be kind of how I build this week. It's right. going to be, you know, how I stack, which games I want to stack. I'm just going to slide the quarterback in. Cause you mentioned that whatever it is, seven or eight guys, if you want to include golf, like I could, I could definitely argue for playing any of them. Kyler's really interesting. Like he hasn't been super efficient passing the ball, no. but they throw it so much. I mean, they're at 35 attempts or more in all three games. He has 13 points per game just from rushing stats. I mean, just it, this, the floor that that builds in is just so immense. Granted, you're not going to always get the rushing touchdowns. He has one every week, but you know, whenever they get inside the 30, like he's clearly uh, looking to get loose. And he, he tucks it down pretty quickly and, you know, has used has used is using the sliding stuff to help him. Like you know, you could tell the defenders are a little worried to hit him because he slides so quickly. They don't get penalties, and then he just kind of runs right by him too. Carolina has been uh, has been better against uh, or better against the pass usually than the run. We mentioned the seven rushing touchdowns, but I mean they have twenty eight point twenty eight implied points themselves in a high paced game. It's hard not to see Murray getting really uh, you know really involved in anything unless unless Kenyon Drake you know kind of has three rushing touchdowns or something like that. Well, I'm saying that like the rushing touchdowns apply to Kyler just as much. They, like, they, so. they do, yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I think they all. It's weird, like they don't throw the ball deep at all. Like it's just a lot no. of quick stuff, but they just run so many damn plays. Yeah, yeah, and that's and it's very different than everyone else. And like the, we obviously got used to Lamar Jackson with his uh, rushing floor, um, which was a little. It's funny we we were like complaining through the first two weeks because we we're like, Oh, he's 45 and 54 rushing yards in the first two games. And it's like, that's excellent for most quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and and like, he was, he was bad on Monday night, but did have 80 something, 83 yeah, rushing, 80 yards. rushing he yards. had 90, yeah. 97 passing yards. He looked terrible. Terrible. Passing the ball Oof, on Monday. Yeah. I just wonder how much they're going to come out just pissed off and just kill Washington too. I mean, they have a 30 point implied total. Um, you know, you wonder how much they're going to risk him in the second half. But if they're, if they were way up in the game, it, it might have been just because Lamar Jackson went absolutely berserk in the first half. too. Yeah, no, I think um, I think he makes a ton of sense. And the he makes a ton of sense. Always it's kind of like a one off in GPP. But like this week, particularly, like usually you don't necessarily have to stack him because he can, you know, if he spreads the ball around enough that and then he's the one who scores the touchdowns, you don't benefit yep. from that stack. So um he may be like not as popular because people want to play like Russ and DK and Lockett like they did last week or Mahomes yeah. and Hill. Um, I think so too. I think, the, I think Mari, the, stacking, like, the stacking is a really good point. I think that there's so many ways to like get fun stacks with the other guys that you, you wonder if that's, uh, that's that's the case. Yeah, I wonder if fewer people will stack this week because so many games, like obviously you stack because you want the correlation, but if there's so many games that are scoring right. points, then the correlation doesn't necessarily apply it not that it doesn't apply but like you don't benefit from it as much because if everybody's scoring points then you're you know you're not getting the correlation that other people aren't yeah and like last week with that dallas seattle game you had the correlation and you had the fact that it was the highest total game and it just kind of made sense to get as many pieces of that game as you could right exactly yeah uh we you mentioned russell wilson 7800 on DraftKings. they are at miami um, you know, the pass attempts are, have been the key there. He's 35, 28, and 40 in the three games. Uh, four, five, and five passing touchdowns is pretty bonkers. He has 14 passing touchdowns in the first three weeks. I think that's the highest ever. Uh, Brady was close that one year where he broke the record. And Peyton obviously had the crazy, but I think he's the highest for the first three weeks. And the sneaky part of why he's been so good is their their defense is terrible. They're giving up an average of like 485 yards uh, to the other team per week. They have two games. They've given up over 500 yards. Um, you know, grant some of that is the fact that teams are trying to catch up against them and throwing a lot, but still their defense has been really bad. Miami's giving up uh, 8.8 yards per attempt uh, so far to quarterbacks. 
I mean, I guess the only question is if they get up too much, do they stop throwing and hand the ball off a lot? But I mean, Josh Allen had 417 yards and four touchdowns against Miami. Also, it's uh, it's really hard to make any argument against Russell Wilson right now with with how how much this offense is firing. Yeah, and I mean the the argument is that you hope that enough people look at that and are like, all right, well, I, I'll just try to get that from. Mahomes or Josh Allen, right? But I mean, yeah, you, you see, you see Patrick Mahomes at, at cheaper, and the, the name just jumps out to you. Do you think that uh, you think New England can slow them down at all? Uh, I mean, for twenty years of seeing New England be like the best <laughs> team in the division, I follow. Like, sure, right. sure. Then again, we we were a little bit worried that uh, you know, baby Baltimore would do something to that offense, and Mahomes went for three eighty five and four touchdowns, right. and, and also ran for one. I think that. That offense can get loose against anybody. Um, Russell Wilson had five touchdowns on New England in week two. Um, do you think that Mahomes is a, a lower percent than we're normally used to seeing? Just the fact that there's just so many guys around him. I wonder if he's an interesting, you know, if you can get Patrick Mahomes at, you know, 9% or something like that because there's so many other options. It's uh, it's certainly an interesting, interesting way to go. I think it'll he'll definitely be, um, like, less popular than he should be when he's a 7,400. Right. I mean, I don't think any quarterback's over 15% this week. Uh, Russ is the only one I would think okay. could could get there, and that's not to maybe, say he will get maybe there. Maybe in but. cash, I think in GBP, he's still under fifteen percent with how many ways you can go. Um, you mentioned Dak; um, he's obviously been really good as they've had to like catch up in games both uh, last week against Seattle and the week before against the, in the crazy Atlanta comeback. Uh, four hundred fifty and four hundred seventy-two yards passing the last couple weeks. And he's also he's also run the ball pretty well too. Um, they've had seven snaps all year with the lead for the Cowboys, which is a, a stat I thought was pretty nuts. That's wild, yeah. Um, the, Jets, the Jets were at zero until uh, until last night. They got some snaps with the lead last night, so mm-hmm. I think they may have passed. They may have passed Dallas. I think they had. They might have had more than seven last night. Yay! Um, Although I was quite close because they didn't have the lead for very long. Not very long, yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, but a different game script for Dak, Dak this week. Right. What I was getting to. They are they're favored against Cleveland. Cleveland's allowed multiple passing touchdowns each game, even to Dwayne Haskins. Believe it or not, that that actually happened. That was a real thing. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, I don't know, Dak, it's just not the not the game trip we had the last couple of weeks. So I'm a little hesitant to go all in with Dak again like I did that, did last week and the week before. Um, it's hard for me to play Dak over Kyler and, and Mahomes in the same range this week. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel, um, especially because they have Zeke. Like they can just run Zeke yeah. to the ground if they want, whereas obviously Seattle had no interest in, in running <laughs> they have Carson. Tra- they have Travis Homer. Right, right, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So let's get a, let's get a little cheaper. We've got uh, we've got Cam at sixty four hundred. We mentioned Deshaun Watson sixty six hundred. You mentioned Jared Goff at sixty seven hundred. Uh, above six thousand, we also have Joe Burrow who's been throwing the ball a lot against Jacksonville, but sixty three hundred. Uh, you know, maybe he's a little bit too close to the other guys to, to play this week, but does have over three hundred yards the last couple of weeks. Uh, below seven thousand, below Kyler, and these guys really jump out to you as someone that you're you're gonna be aggressively playing. Yeah. Well, Burrow. Uh, before I saw the price, I jumped out and was like, "Oh, I, yeah, if I can get too. Burrow for fifty eight hundred on DraftKings, like that, that could be a pretty good sal- salary saver." Um, but like when he's three hundred less than Deshaun Watson against the Vikings, um, that's really tough to to make the the case for Burrow. Um, Goff is kind of a tricky one. It seems like there's no way to like figure out when he's going to have a great game, uh, and so. Just when they're when they're down twenty eight to three to Buffalo, it's time to put them in. Right, that's when you're right, and so that's probably not going to be the case at home exactly. against the Giants. So, um, I think the wildest thing to see was Drew Brees at fifty eight hundred against Detroit. Yeah, like he, I kept scrolling down. I'm like, oh, I wonder where Brees is. is. He off the slate, and I'm like, oh, there he is. It's but- like that's why. Like he is the same price 
uh, or he's like cheaper than Minshew. He's cheaper than Stafford in the same game. Like when? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, he's, it's deserved, but, but it's still crazy yeah, to see. No, no, Michael Thomas, but he still had 288 yards and three touchdowns against Green Bay last week. Also, you know, it's a game they were trying to score in. So he is cheap. Are you thinking about using him? Uh, no. Yeah, me either. I kept I kept looking. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I just don't love. I mean, if I'm gonna get that Saints game, you want some Kamara, and it's hard to go both. Even though, you know, Kamara does catch a ton of passes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, that may look that may look silly. Uh, looking back at you know, which we're talking next week, did not take Breeze under six thousand, but I don't think I'm doing it. Yeah, I think um, like Breeze didn't like pop out that much on. Like I did the. Uh, Instead of blind stacks this week, I just did blind quarterbacks where I went to the uh, DVP page on Rotowire and I basically just like downloaded the all of the DraftKings points allowed uh, to quarterbacks. And then instead of the, because we usually list the opposing quarterback that week, instead of that, I just put in the price, like the okay. DraftKings price. And like Breeze just wasn't high enough on the list. And obviously we've played three games, so it's not like... We need to go that crazy about it. But there are cheaper guys with like fantastic matchups. I mean, we have, I got, um, I got, I got one bolded and highlighted on my lead. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll start with Baker Mayfield at least because that's not the one I I, like, I'm not going to play Baker either, but part of the, of Dak having such a huge season is that the Cowboys are giving up like a ton of points to quarterbacks. And obviously they've played some very good ones, uh, including Russ, but like nine passing touchdowns, um, that the Cowboys have given up, which is the tied for the most in the league. Yeah. And that's um, just in the last two weeks too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so they gave, they gave none the first week to golf and then uh, it's but, just been boom since then. Right. And so now you're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't, uh, maybe I shouldn't play golf. But I mean, the guy that is like ridiculous to think of this, but like facing the team that has allowed the most passing yards and the second most fantasy points to the position the most of the Falcons who aren't on this slate. So like no team has mm-hmm. allowed more points to quarterbacks on DraftKings this season than the team that a $5,400 starting quarterback is playing. It's bolded and in red on my sheet. Like <laughs> how do you not play Ryan Fitzpatrick this week? Seattle has allowed uh, what four seventy two and three touchdowns last week to Dak, three ninety seven a touchdown to Cam the week before, and then week one was four fifty and two touchdowns to Matt Ryan. If you're gonna if you're gonna drop down at all, if you're not gonna play one of the seven thousand guys, I, I think it's got to be Fitzpatrick at fifty four hundred. They priced him so far down. Like Fanduel, he's seventy one hundred. He's kind of like close to Burrow, close to Goff, uh, fairly close to Sean Watson. So I don't see it there, but fifty four hundred. Uh, if you want to build this way, uh, you know, it's it's hard not to – it's hard to argue against Fitzpatrick. I mean, I know it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I actually love one of his receivers this week too, but probably my, probably my favorite receiver play this week. But great game script, great matchup. They're going to have to score to stay in this game. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to argue against him at 5,400. Like you said, man, 2020 is a weird year. I mean – It really it really is. He, he had 328 and two touchdowns against Buffalo, who yep. – the Buffalo pass defense in terms of this like – uh, fantasy points allowed, which again, like you need to go deeper in your research that, but like, that's a nice way to start. Like Buffalo has actually been pretty awful as well. Like I think, uh, yeah, six most, most in the league and they're playing but Derek he was, Carr. He was, 18, he was 18 to 20 last week. I mean, yeah. it's not like Fitz, if you didn't throw for a lot of yards because they didn't need to against Jacksonville, they were winning that game, but 18 to 20 is really efficient. 38 rushing yards. 
He's basically Kyler. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I. I think he makes a lot more sense than everyone else in this range. Like, if you're going to pay for down, sure, like for sure, for you're sure. looking at. You, if you want to make the argument that Baker Mayfield can do it at Dallas at fifty eight hundred, like that's fine. I, I'm not going to do that. That's possible, but that's just a team that wants to run the ball, and I just I, I don't think I want to touch the fact that if it's going well for them, it's because they're they, they're running the ball and they're going to do that. But yeah, I mean they can get behind, and, and Baker's got to chuck it. But uh, yeah, but like when you look, Nick Foles against Indianapolis, Bridgewater against the Cardinals, Cousins against Houston, Rivers against the Bears. Um, like I didn't even I didn't even note those guys as playable. Right, yeah. I mean, you got Daniel Jones theoretically should be throwing a lot against the Rams, but like that probably helps the Rams more than than the Giants. <laughs> True. Fitz then, is so much a better play than any of those guys. Than any of them, yeah. If you're gonna go down, if you're gonna go below Burrow, I think Fitz is literally the only option that I would consider. Yeah, I think what you really need to do, as outrageous as it sounds, is you you have to find the two v two or the three v three where it's what do I get with Fitzpatrick and most likely the two wide receivers, or if you want to pay up a tight end, like those who are those guys better than, you know, Russ and the the cheaper guys. And, and there are cheaper wide receivers to play like, absolutely. But man, is it easy to get the higher priced wide receivers when you play a $5,300 or $5,400 quarterback? Yeah, there is no doubt there. It's uh, it's gonna be really interesting. What do you think? Uh, like in a in the big GPPs, if you had to guess, what do you think uh, Fitzpatrick's ownership percentage is? Um, I have a number in my head. I want to know how close we are. Yeah, I mean, we obviously um, we're talking about how there are plenty of guys to play, so I don't think it's gonna be that high. Um, yeah, me either. Like maybe five percent. Yeah, I was gonna say seven percent. So yeah. either way, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I think. You look over seven thousand. There's like there, we said before, whatever it was, eight, seven, eight guys to play that are really like you could look at and be like, oh, this is an easy play. I lo- I love this one. Like I just don't think there's gonna be some people that play fit. The, the the matchup is really good, but it's a week where there's so many other options that I don't think he gets. I don't think he's high percentage at all. Yeah, yeah, I think. And quarterbacks never really are anyway, but you know I think it's even less so in this slate. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny to just be like, well, if you got to do it if you can get. <laughs> get a low on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, um, Hey, that's uh, why it's DFS week by week. Uh, you know, next week is probably, uh, I don't know who they're playing, but you know, probably someone we cross off right away, but, um, I don't know. It's really interesting. It, if I, if I drop down under 7,000, it's going to be the fits. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm going to go all the way down. I guess. The, way down, yeah. Yeah. the, the only other guy I wanted to bring up because we didn't mention him at all. And I didn't really consider him at all. And I'm still not, um, do you think Cam Newton is like 1%? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, he kind of has to be with all the other options, but, and it's a good game script. I mean, they should have to throw the ball, uh, you know, his good game, his really good passing game was the, the week they had to play against Seattle and he had to throw the ball a bunch and, you know, they should be, uh, you know, having to score against Kansas city to keep state, keep it in there. But I don't know. I watched Casey bottle up Lamar Jackson last week and they've only had three touchdowns on the year. Uh, not the play I went to, but there's probably a lot of people who watch the Monday Night Game are going to cross Cam off, which is you know usually a good way to go in GPPs. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to like come back next week and just be like, man, I regret not playing Cam. But like, I'd I'd play Deshaun Watson for two hundred dollars more. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for me to get to Cam when there's someone I like more right next to him. Right next to him. Yeah, that makes sense. 
and Watson, I mean, Watson's weird. Like his weapons are different. He doesn't have Deshaun, Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry. Yeah. Um, only five total touchdowns through three games. Hasn't topped 300 yards yet. But you know, we mentioned Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Like that's that's like the worst. It might be the three, of the five best teams in the NFL. They played them all in the first three weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, it or schedule wise, it certainly helps their case. And Minnesota's obviously been, you know, thrashed by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they played a little bit better the last couple of weeks, but they give 321 yards to Ryan Tannehill. So, you know, it's not like they're, you know, suddenly playing well. But, um, yeah, I'd go Watson over Cam if I had to this week. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about the guys catching the passes. Like I mentioned before, there's a ton of injuries. A lot of the top guys are injured. Luckily, some of those are on Monday night. Uh, the top-priced guy is DeAndre Hopkins at, at Carolina, but he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. We're recording this uh, pretty early Friday morning, so he's not practiced the last couple days. But 14, 8, and 10 catches so far. Extremely active in an offense that runs a ton of plays. Uh, Keenan Allen went nuts on Carolina last week. Uh, Mike Evans was really good the week before that. Um, if Hopkins practices today and looks to be good to go, are you willing to pay up? Uh, he's a he's pretty significantly high, significant price compared to everybody else. Yeah, I, that price is like a little too much for me. Like, yeah, me um, too. Like nine hundred more. He's basically fifteen hundred more than the next highest price guy. Um, that's we, that's what I had too. My next guy that I considered was seven thousand. Right. Like, well, I mean, if, if we assume Michael Thomas is not playing, then it literally on DraftKings right. eighty five hundred Hopkins seven thousand Lockett and. Yep. Um, that's that's an easy, easy move to save some money. But uh, is I feel like we really didn't talk enough about Lockett and Metcalf instead of Lockett or Metcalf. And yeah, right, and, and it could have been even bigger if Metcalf hadn't you know gone Leon led at the end zone. Right, and so we don't get that often. Like the the Godwin Evans thing. Like we there's just no history of the two of them playing well in the same game but like and it's very short obviously with Lockett and Metcalf but like they're like the only guys who catch passes and they're throwing the ball a ton and it's obviously a very expensive stack this week because they're playing Miami but um like how do you it's almost like the the way to decide which one to take is just to play both of them yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, I uh, Lockett's more of the, you know, probably more catches and DK is probably the, the bigger play guy, but he always gets a couple of shots every game. I mean, Lockett had three touchdowns in the first half last week, mm-hmm. and obviously he had he has eight-plus targets in each game. Stephon Diggs had a huge game against Miami uh, in week two. So uh, I guess the argument would be that there's so many wide receivers in this range that I would like to get a piece of that maybe it's hard to play both of them, but – yeah, I mean, maybe it depends if Byron Jones is going to play for Miami and he's their best uh, their best DB, so maybe that impacts a little bit. But I was going to say, does hard. it really, though? Like... Yeah, I mean, it might not, but it, it's hard to get away from the Seattle offense. I mean, if they're going to throw the ball that many times, um, they can certainly do enough to feed these two guys, especially when there's no real third option. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's the most expensive stack. Yeah, and there, so. there's so many receivers in kind of the, I guess we call maybe 6,200 to 7,000 range. I mean, all big names. Uh, I'm having trouble this week figuring out which of these guys I like. One of the guys that jumps out to me is Keenan Allen against Tampa Bay. He was huge last week. He had 19 targets, super active with Justin Herbert, at quarterback, 29 targets in two games where the first game against with Tyrod, he was really kind of not involved. Um, but the game worked out really well for them last yeah. week. They were trailing Carolina. We didn't really think that was going to happen. They lost the game. A lot of survivor pools, uh, uh, people lost in that game. Um, do you have anybody that jumps out between 61 and 70? I mean, we, we talked about uh, Metcalf and Lockett a little bit. Is there anybody else in this range that you're like, I got to play this guy over the other guys here. What was the range? What was the bottom of the range? Yeah, 
like six. Let's go six thousand. Let's make it easy. Six thousand oh, okay. to seven thousand. Uh, I went right to Robert Woods. Um, okay. I just think the the fact that they get him the ball out of the backfield kind of makes up for the fact that he's not so heavily targeted a lot. It, like that makes me want him over Cup at least. Um, and like Cup was like an easy cash play. I guess it was two seasons ago now. But uh, it seems like they're finally coming around playing that horrific Giants team. And um, you know, we talked about how Henderson's probably the running back there, but like they, they just prefer to pass the ball. It's just the way they play. And so uh, Cup like jumped out at, or excuse me, Woods jumped out at me. And he's like cheaper than most of these guys, like a 6,300. Yeah. There are plenty of guys above him. Um, I mean, obviously the like Metcalf and Lockett are, are the ones you probably want, but um, I don't know. I, I liked, I liked Woods uh, the most out of this group, which seems nuts because it's like, you got Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, uh, Stefan Diggs, um, Thielen. I wish like Thielen, I think makes sense because we kind of expect the Texans to come out and put points on the board and uh, Minnesota is going to have to throw, but um, like 21 targets in three games really isn't all that exciting. And like one good quarter in 12, like right? You're right, a right. huge quarter against green Bay where they're catching up and he was really, really good in that quarter. Like he's been really quiet aside from that. And Justin Jefferson broke out last week and that's probably a good thing long-term for Thielen to get some attention off him. But um, I don't know. I think that Minnesota is going to want to have the ball in Dalvin cook's hands a lot too. I think there's a trailing Houston that works well. It was kind of a back and forth game. Uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't like Thielen as much as uh, say Allen Robinson right above him. Yep. Uh, who I think benefits from the quarterback change pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Robinson is like, I mean, we talk about him every week that like, we yeah, love it. So if, damn good. It wasn't yeah. true. It was nice to see him finally have a big game. Finally. Yeah. Um, where does he stand in this group for you? Like, do you prioritize Allen Robinson? I don't know. Prioritize might be a little bit strong, but yeah, he's right up there for me. Like I would, I would definitely take him over Thielen. Um, I take him over Cup at the same uh, same price. Uh, I, I like Allen Robinson a lot. I mean, thirteen targets last week. He was uh, he had he had a touchdown after Nick Foles came in, fifty four right. yards with Nick Foles. Um, it lines up as a close game, not, not super high scoring. Obviously, we talked about how it's one you know on the lower end of the the total, so maybe that uh, takes me away from him a little bit compared to some of these other guys. But yeah, he's uh, he's he's right up there for me. He's definitely someone I'm strongly considering this week. Okay. What about you mentioned Stephon Diggs, sixty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings, seven thousand on FanDuel. Um, only six targets last week. Tough matchup against the Rams, but still found a way to get it done uh, against Jalen Ramsey. Four forty nine, a touchdown. Targets uh, before that were nine and thirteen. Uh, Vegas has been pretty good against uh, receivers, but not someone that I'm really scared about. Robbie Anderson over, had over hundred yards against them, but that's the only one. But um, where do you fall with Stephon Diggs right now with, with Josh Allen throwing the ball all over the yard? I think he's like a good play. I just like, how do you say he's better than Metcalf? Like they're the uh, same price on DraftKings. Um, and like, you're getting a you're getting a situation where you know Buffalo's you're spreading the ball a little bit more than Seattle does. I, it's it's hard to that that is the thing. Any of these guys, it's hard to like. You're like, oh, what about Metcalf or, or Lockett? It's just it's it's hard to get away from those guys. But I want to ask you about Mike Evans. Oh, the weirdest season to. ever so far. Uh, week one, he was one catch for two yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then he was seven for 104 in touchdown without Chris Godwin, which matters because Godwin's not playing this week. And then last week he was two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. It is the, <laughs> the like he had the touchdowns to save week one and week three, but like the weird like he suddenly has become Jimmy Graham or something. Like it's the weirdest thing. Um, but but week two is that what matters. And, and Godwin was out. Evans was really active. 
Um, going against the Chargers, who are uh, you know a pass defense, we usually we like to avoid. Um, only Tyreek Hill was really good against them, and he he, he had that one big play down the sideline right. in that game. Uh, Sixty four hundred is a, a pretty good price for Evans with all the touchdowns, but I don't know. I, I have I have trouble figuring out what the heck they're doing in, in Tampa with with the Mike Evans usage. It's really strange. Um, it's like they just when we were like comfortable with the God, we, you know, we're like, well, it's easy. The Godwin Evans thing is easy because one of them is out. Um, that that's just not like enough usage for me. Um, yeah, and and week one, I get it. Like he was banged up and barely played, but like, how does he get two targets last week? Yeah, I don't. I mean, he's basically a tight end at this point, right? Like, <laughs> like but but then he has the seven one hundred four in the first week or the, in the other week without Godwin. You're like, oh, maybe. I just I kind of went back and forth on him like four times, and I haven't figured out exactly if I'm going to use him or not yet. Yeah. Um. I mean, of that. 104 50 was one play yeah and so it's like six for 54 otherwise and obviously it's easy to do that i mean he's a big play receiver so taking out a big play is a little dumb but um for cash it's like i don't i don't need to play that i really don't having to rely on tom brady to like make plays against a very good pass rush um there are other guys above and below who i would rather play so last guy in this range I want to mention before we move a little cheaper. Uh, we, we mentioned all these guys. We haven't mentioned C700 in a really good pass offense. Amari Cooper. Yeah. 80-plus uh, yards in all three games, 14, 9, and 12 targets. Uh, Cleveland has given up 80 yards to Terry McLaurin, 70 to Tyler Boyd, 101 to Marquise Brown. Um, you know, it, it, as much as they spread it around in Dallas, and you know, we saw Cedric Wilson kind of jump into CeeDee Lamb's slot slot spot when, when Lamb got hurt and blow for a couple plays. But um, Cooper's the guy that always gets some volume in this offense. Do you think he's becoming a little Julio Jones-ish? Because he can't with the, score with touchdowns. With the lack, the lack of touchdowns yeah. and a lot of targets. Yeah, maybe. But, like, if you're going to give me that kind of floor with a guy who does have big play potential too, like, it's a pretty enticing mix. But, like, if the big play only happens once or twice a year. <laughs> and maybe, the other thing to argue there is that, you know, in that offense, Michael Gallup might be the guy that when they do hit big splash face might be the guy. I think Michael Gallup's going to, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but he's going to be, he's going to kind of be that boomer bus guy where Mary, maybe Amari is more the possession guy that they use, uh, you know, to get first downs and that kind of thing and, and don't hit the big play with. Yeah. I think it, it's going to be every week where um, you just like, if I can get like Cooper, is obviously the best part of that passing game. But like, if you can get cheaper with either Gallup or even CD lamb, uh, assuming he's like normally playing, um, it makes it easier to just be like, Oh, I just won't play Amari Cooper. And you're just going to have to make up the 14 points elsewhere. So we mentioned all these guys, uh, someone in the same range who has scored in all three weeks has five catches in each game. And obviously he's probably the best big play guy at the wide receiver position in football. Uh, Tyreek Hill, $6,900 against the Patriots. Uh, any love there? No. Like, uh, literally, like, the all of the guys around him, I think I'd rather play. Certainly in cash, like, which makes him a, a very usable uh, GPP play. Certainly, like, I wouldn't... Like, if you're playing Mahomes, you may as well throw in Hill as right. well. But, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll overlook him this week and let others... Yeah, I think I think there. GPP over cash is definitely the perfect way to say it. There, it's something that I'm probably going to sprinkle in a couple of GPP lineups just because the you know the potential is always there, and he had, he has got a, a decent amount of floor with the five catching each week. They're using him uh, using him pretty uh, pretty well. And New England in the past has gone Stephon Gilmore on Sammy Watkins, yeah. so it may be that uh, you know the thought that they, they take away Watkins and and Kelsey and kind of you know do what they can with Hill uh, might be interesting. But let's jump under under six thousand. There are two guys in this range that I love this. 
week. Uh, but I'm going to let you go first. There's two guys I have bolded and, and pretty bright on my list. Uh, under 6,000, who, uh, who are you really interested in this week? Well, that's funny. I, I wasn't done with the 6,000s. Oh, go for it. Who else you got then? Well, I wanted to talk about Tyler Boyd. Yeah, 6,100. Um, like we talked about how much we liked Burrow in this spot. Uh, Boyd had 10 catches on 13 targets for 125 last week. Scored a touchdown the week before. Seems to be the Bengals guy, right? I mean, AJ Green's not really. I think he's. I think he's becoming that over the three weeks, which is really good to see. I think it's. It was AJ Green to start, and it's very clear that Boyd's a better player right now. Right, right. Like the balls that go to Boyd actually end up in his hands, as opposed to Green, who it's like 12 targets with three catches, but. It's kind of sad. I hope it's an early season thing. Maybe he hasn't gotten going, but AJ Green just looks like a different human being right now. It's, yeah. it's, it kind of sucks because he was, I mean, he was awesome. He was so awesome. Long. Yeah. Um, so I think he's fine. We obviously talked about uh, Woods before. The other one that I gave like a long, hard look to was Kenny Galladay. Um, scored t- a touchdown last week, six of seven on the targets. Like that game could be a shootout. Um, it's yep. certainly uh, one of the higher ones. Is it the second highest, third highest, somewhere around there? It's, uh, I think it was second highest, yeah, 54 and a half. Um, 54, yeah, yeah. That's the team that, as crazy as it sounds, there's a, that's the team with the quarterback you trust more. Um, <laughs> why not Galladay? Uh, yeah, I actually had him, in, I, I had him right in that range because it's, it's exactly 6,000. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked, uh, first game back was a little hesitant to play him, but he, he looked good. He had, he had a touchdown scored in that game. Uh, I guess my only concern is he probably sees a lot of Marcus Lattimore, and that's one of the few cornerbacks which I do worry about a little bit. But Alan Lazard had a big game against New Orleans last week. So, yeah, I can see Galladay. I mean, he's a, such a talented guy that you're getting a price discount uh, uh, among these other top receivers. I think that uh, I think he's very playable in a game, like you said, that could go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, can I go under six? Sorry, now, now we can good? go under six thousand. Right, now we're good. And we mentioned Michael Gallup. He's over six. I just I think he's a little too boomer bust for me at sixty two hundred. I think there's other guys in that range I prefer to play. I think that I love Michael Gallup, but in this offense, I, I want him to be a little cheaper when I do play him. Yeah. Um, you prefaced uh, a Miami receiver that you loved. Is it Devonte Parker? It is Devonte okay. Parker as probably my favorite. I think as I said my favorite, but I think it's my favorite receiver play. There's two guys in this range that are my two favorites. I know who the other one is also. Of course you do. Yeah. Um. Parker looks finally healthy. He played 66 and 56 snaps the last couple of weeks. He, he was not fully ready to go that first week. We mentioned everything about Seattle, but just to, to kind of go back to the Seattle pass defense, they've allowed 80 plus yards of three different receivers last week, 70 plus yards of three receivers the week before, and 100 plus yards of three receivers in week one. I mean, receivers are absolutely eating against this defense. And I like Preston Williams too this week. Uh, you know, he's cheaper. He's 4,500. He's probably my favorite cheaper play, but I wouldn't play both of them, I don't think. But uh, I love Parker this week. He's a really he's a he's a great receiver when he's healthy. I mean, this is the second half of last year. He might have been you know a top five receiver in the NFL. I think probably was fantasy points wise. Uh, he's been quiet. This is a great matchup, a great game script. Um, he has 17 targets already. He isn't top 70 yards. I like the fact that he hasn't quite blown up in a game yet. Maybe that keeps him under the radar, but probably not at the price when when everybody's going to be talking about the Seattle defense. But I think there's so many receivers kind of in that 6,000 to 6,800 range, and maybe he goes overlooked a little bit. Uh, I love Devontae Parker this week. Uh, probably my, my my first receiver in every lineup. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything kind of uh, points right to him. The I believe he was an upgrade in this week's uh, start-sit exploiting the matchups article kind of for everything, every reason that you said, um, it's just, we're, uh, in the situations that you want in terms of opponents and he's getting enough of the targets and yeah, he hasn't really exploded yet, which, um, he's not really a receiver who's going to like score three touchdowns. Usually he's more of a, Oh, he might this week. Oh, look at you. 
Ah, uh, maybe not. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go like 110 yards and two touchdowns. There we go. Okay. Yeah, a nice realistic. Make, uh, make it a little uh, realistic, an easy, easy line to get to. Right. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. He, I mean, obviously, everything we talk about with the Miami receivers is just going to make me think that Ryan Fitzpatrick at 5400 is a silly price, but. It um, is, but if you want to get one of the better quarterbacks, I think the way to get a piece of this offense in this game too is to go Devontae Parker at fifty seven hundred. If you go, if you go at any sort of Seattle stack, you mentioned earlier, maybe playing both receivers or even one, uh, I would definitely come Devontae Parker on the way back too. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great one. Because uh, the if, other... if Seattle's going to pass enough, it's going to have to be because Miami's going to score some too. So right, I, I right. Think, that's I a good point. Really well. Good point. Sorry, go ahead. Um, the other guy that you are going to talk about. Um, yep is one that was like a quick, like as soon as prices came out, uh, the discussion, the discord started up and this guy was like, Oh man, everyone's like, Oh, he's cheap. And he is cheap and he is in the right matchup. Um, we might be talking about different guys. Oh, okay. Right, um, this was a personal favorite of yours. That's the only reason why I thought it was him, but I feel like everybody keeps looking at DJ Moore, expecting last <laughs> okay. year's DJ Moore. Okay. Okay. You were right. <laughs> Um, I thought you were the way you prefaced it. I thought you were going Odell Beckham, but uh, oh no, 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 no. But um, what? Like I, I get it, but I, I just, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen enough from DJ Moore this year, even though he had one huge game. But like, I, I worry that we are looking, thinking we're getting last year's DJ Moore, and we're getting this year's DJ Moore. So last week, I just think it was a weird week. I think they got up on the Chargers and didn't have to throw. He had one deep ball that he caught. He only had four targets. But it was just a weird game where, A, the Chargers passed even as good, and B, they got up in that game and you know tried to you know kind of melt the clock and, and win the game. Uh, I think this week is different. I mean, playing against Arizona, Arizona's going to score. Arizona's going to run a ton of plays, so Carolina's going to have to play. I mean, he had, he had 22 targets the two weeks before that. Grand, the first week wasn't big, but he still had nine targets last week. I just I can't I just don't think he I think he's too cheap on DraftKings more than anything. He's fifty six hundred. I just think he's way too cheap. Arizona got beat by Terry McLaurin in week two, kind of a you know, a seven for one twenty five and a touchdown game. I just think with volume of plays up this week, the Carolina's gonna have to score. Um I want a piece of this game on the other side. It, it for me it's I, I just think he's too talented at fifty six hundred. I think that he's a prime play for me this week and no one will be surprised by that. Is Patrick Peterson possibly shadowing him worry you at all? Not really. I think they'll move. I think they'll move them around enough, and I think it's enough kind of short, quick passing game kind of stuff that they'll mm-hmm. figure it out. I think that uh, I, I just think he's. I think he's too cheap. I think at fifty six hundred, I think I think it's just too easy for me to to slot him in. Right. Okay. That's fair. Uh, but Odell Beckham, who I thought you were going to go with uh, when, when you said kind of priced uh, priced a little cheaper than normal, he's fifty eight hundred on DraftKings, sixty six hundred on FanDuel. At Dallas, this game we've talked about a little bit, where you know the Dallas defense is is not good. Um, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett each had 100 yards and, touch, and, and four touchdowns combined last week. Uh, Calvin Ridley had two touches, 109 yards the week before. I know Cleveland wants to run the ball, and we talked about that as a, a negative with Mayfield. But you know, in a game where they're going to have to pass, they're going to have to score some. Are you willing to to go back to OBJ at all this week? No. Why not? No. Um, I. He's uh, he's so frustrating. I know. Yeah, I mean we kind of beat this point home every week. Like I focus on cash games and cash games generally are not the place where you're like, I'm expecting this guy to do something completely differently than he's been doing the past X number of weeks. And that's like the easy way of saying like, I need to see Beckham have a good game before I think he can have another one. And 
And do we think he's the guy that we have in our minds of like, oh my gosh, look at all these big splash plays? Because um, he hasn't been in Cleveland. Right, right. I mean, somehow he went from Eli Manning to Baker Mayfield and got worse. Um, yeah, I mean, and even even that game against Cincinnati where he had, the, he had the long touchdown that I still think he was down on the one. But um, <laughs> six targets each of the last two weeks. I know that <clears throat> this is a different game script. I really want to get on board this week with Beckham, but... Um, I just like Parker and, and DJ Moore more, and they're in the same range. And unless I play three guys in that range, which I probably won't do, uh, it's hard for me to, to to get to Beckham. And I I feel like he's got to have a big week at some point. But he's on what he's still he's still a young guy. I mean, like we're talking about someone that's that's kind of old and not athletic anymore. But I don't know. It's just not. You don't get those flashes like you did in New York, where you're like one big play and he's just gone. And without those big plays, why would you pay seven hundred dollars more than Jarvis Landry? Like, yeah. if you like the Cleveland passing game, why don't you just take the guy who doesn't have to rely on those big plays? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, I, and Landry hasn't looked great either. No. You're right. If you're going to go, you know, possession and, and get a piece of this offense, you know, maybe get cheaper. But I don't know. I wanted to like Beckham this week so much, and I haven't I haven't quite got there. Yeah, I think he will be more popular than he should be, only because there are people who are going to be stacking Dallas, and then he's the yeah. obvious run back on that. So. And you just scroll down. You're like, oh, who's under 6,000? You're like, oh, my gosh, Odell Beckham. And yeah. you just kind of click on it. And I uh, I don't know. If I'm doing that, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling one click further and going to Devontae Parker for $100 less. Right. Yep. I think that's what a lot of people will do. What about uh, in that same game, C.D. Lamb is 5,400. Um, obviously, we talked about earlier, Cedric Wilson kind of killed it in the slot. It was like his action, and Lamb got yeah. a little banged up. And all of a sudden, you know, you could kind of see that play being drawn up for Lamb, and it would have worked the same. It just didn't. It's kind of frustrating. But he still has five, catch, five catches plus every week. Um, the Dallas probably going to, you know, hopefully uh, you're going to pass less this week if, if it works out for them the way they want it to with uh, a lead against Cleveland. Uh, do you like Lamb this week at 5,400? I think he makes sense. Like, I don't think he's all that different than like Robbie Anderson. Like, I think if you like that Carolina offense, like if you think Patrick Peterson shadows DJ Moore and, um, is successful, yeah. <laughs> then Robbie Anderson makes a ton of sense though. They could have, him, I like, I like Anderson more than lamb this week too. Yeah. They could also have Patterson, uh, P, excuse me, Peterson shadow Anderson, um, which would be and perfect for you. So. Yeah, it would. Anderson he had 100, over 100 yards his first two weeks and yeah. still solid last week. He was quiet, but 555, you know, it's, it's still pretty involved in the passing offense. And like we said, with, with DJ Moore, there's going to be a lot of plays, a lot of action in this game. I, I, I wouldn't argue hard if you wanted to go Anderson instead of Moore. I like more, more. I like more, more. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I wouldn't argue against Robbie Anderson this week at all. I think he's a, a really nice play in this range, too. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, um, Justin Jefferson, 5,200 in a game that uh, against Houston that should go back and forth. He was huge last week. Nine targets, seven for 175. They moved him from the slot to the outside. That kind of really opened up the game for him. Uh, the price bumped pretty way up, though. He's at 5,200 this week, so he's not cheap anymore. Uh, are you going back to that well this week? I think the benefit is that if you're playing a Texan stack, he obviously makes uh, a lot more sense salary-wise than paying 66 for Thielen, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I doubt I play him in cash, but yeah, he definitely makes sense in GPPs for that run back. So you, you mentioned this uh, as a run back, but, uh, you know, if you're going to run back, you're gonna need someone with Deshaun Watson. That's going to catch passes. Will Fuller is 5,900. He was limited in practice Thursday. And we see that with Will Fuller. You obviously get big red flags. He's a guy that, uh, you know, seems to sit with, uh, with kind of, you know, tweaks and he's a hamstring for him and he's a fast receiver. That's tough. But if he does play, I mean, he played a lot last week. He, didn't, he only had five targets, but the Minnesota secondary is clearly not very good. Khalif Raymond had 118 yards against them last week. Devontae, Devontae Adams obviously killed them in week one. 
Uh, fifty nine hundred for Will Fuller. I like other guys in the range more, but uh, he's under six thousand in, in a game that should go high on offense. He's clearly their wide receiver one with a good quarterback. Uh, it kind of makes sense if you kind of add up the, the the typical formula. You're right. Um, that being said, uh, in the same he, he has a hamstring tweak. Yeah. Well, that too. But like in the same breath of uh, Thielen down to Jefferson, uh, if you don't want to play Fuller at fifty nine hundred, which is actually pretty uh, cheap. Brandon Cooks is 4,500 and theoretically could get some more targets if Fuller is uh, hampered at all. So I don't know. I, I, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to go down to Randall Cobb on me there. Oh gosh. Um, he had a good, good game. He had a great game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Cooks is the guy. And I think Cooks is cheaper than Cobb this week. I think Cobb uh, is 4,800. He is. He is. Yeah. Is and they have the same number yeah, of targets. So I don't know. It's I, a really good point. And I had Cooks as someone that if Fuller doesn't play, um, Cooks of 4,900 becomes pretty uh, pretty enticing pretty quickly. He's, he's he's way down in in salary. He only had three catches last week, but he's still you know, he has 18 targets through the first three weeks, so still pretty involved. And like we said, we mentioned multiple times with Houston, the matchup has been so tough that you know I think this is finally the week that they they really get going. Yeah, obviously the easiest thing to do with Houston passing game, like if you don't want to decide on any of them, then you just play Watson. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point too. They could spread it around. He could run for a couple, and then all of a sudden you're fine there. Right. Uh, in the really cheap range, usually I like a lot of receivers down here. I don't this week. It's not a week where uh, I found a lot of guys in here that, that I liked. But a few guys in the 4,500 to 4,000 range. Um, I think if you don't like uh, Devontae Parker, I think Preston Wilson at 4,500 is a pretty interesting play. The Seattle DBs have been getting thrashed. We don't need to go over those numbers again. But great game script. Uh, only two targets last week, but he did score. He's a guy that's really talented. Um, I would have no problem uh, if you want to drop him in the line at 4,500. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I believe he's in a air yards all-star. Yeah, he very much is. And yeah, a really talented dude. Um, T. Higgins, uh, Cincinnati against Jacksonville. We mentioned the the kind of the A.J. Green, maybe going away from him a little bit. Uh, Higgins had nine targets last week and scored twice. Had six targets the week before. So getting very much uh, very much involved in this offense over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he had 15 snaps in week one and then 60 and 57 the last couple of weeks. So it's been a clear clear indication that they're, they're, they're going with either three wide receiver sets or Higgins instead of Green sometimes. Um, 4,500 for Higgins too. Uh, seems like a, it seems like a, a, a pretty good shot at GPP. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have Burrow, you may as well have yeah, Higgins in there too. Exactly. Uh, Nikhil Harry's uh, an interesting guy. We liked him a little, or I liked him a little bit last week and they were, they just didn't throw the ball. He was quiet last week, only four targets, but you know, in the week they had to throw the ball a lot. We mentioned that the big week for cam was against Seattle. He had 12 targets, eight for eight for 72. He's 4,000 on DraftKings. Uh, I like that price. I think I just, I think I like Preston Williams and T against a little bit more this week. Though. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. I think we're going to say that pretty much every week about Nikhil Harry though. Like, yeah, I think there's like just always, always going to be guys. Yeah, if you're gonna be down here, you want someone with some some explosiveness, and I just I'm not sure he's that guy. He's he's kind of more of a floor PPR guy, but it's hard to count on that. We just don't fully know how the New England game script's gonna go each way. It's so dependent on what they need to do. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the lack of like really cheap wide receivers that you may be able to get away with. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are guys that you can play, but like nobody really jumps out. Like we had uh, Hamler obviously last week, which didn't like blow up, but he did enough for. I think it was only 3000 on DraftKings, but yeah. this lack of, it's kind of like we have enough guys in that middle range and there's nobody down below that um, nobody's like, nobody's going to be forced to play uh, the lower guys there. So it makes those kind of cheaper running backs a little more important because you need to yep. save the money somewhere. 
Yeah, for me, it's very much a, how you build your team this week with that. The only other guy I'll mention down here, if something were to happen and Preston Williams were to not play, um, Isaiah Ford, Ford from yeah. Miami, is uh, he had nine targets in week two against Buffalo. But strictly a matchup game flow kind of thing. Like we mentioned, Seattle's been giving up a lot of that, a lot of yards to that third receiver in addition to the top two. Um, he, I think I need, I think I need Parker or Williams, like something to happen to them in practice to play him. But he's an interesting guy that if, if it did open up a little bit, I think at 3,700 DraftKings, he becomes a play pretty quickly if, if, if Williams does not play. Yeah, that's a good shot. Uh, tight ends this week, uh, you know, kind of similar to, uh, to the other spots. We have so many of the guys that are, that are, that are playing this week. We don't have George Kittle on the slate, but Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller and Mark Andrews are on this slate. Uh, anybody, uh, where are you going to tight end this week? I, I found it kind of tougher than normal this week. I was, uh, I was at nobody over 5,000, but obviously I could see Andrews or Kelsey if you want to do it, but you know, Belichick really takes away Kelsey six catches in each game so far, but he has 66 or fewer yards his last five games against the Patriots. Uh, not a week that I'm paying up personally for Kelsey. Yeah, I agree on that. The, I usually don't pay for tight end ever. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it this season, which was terrible last week with um, Drew Sample, who I took over, uh, Logan <laughs> Thomas. I think Thomas is going to be popular again. I know he's way down salary-wise, but I think he'll yeah. be popular again this week, even in that matchup against the, Ra- the uh, Ravens. But Darren Waller really sticks out. Like They have no receivers, um, and while theoretically that shouldn't be a great thing, I mean, the Buffalo defense is pretty good but i'm just not sure who else Derek carr is throwing to and he, they may have to throw in that game to keep up with the i keep what i'm saying this the high powered josh allen offense <laughs> that i think if you're paying up i think waller is definitely the guy this week and he's not even that high he's 5200 yeah. I mean, he's way down from andrews and way way down from kelsey and obviously it was quiet last week we talked about before you know bill belichick clearly planned to take him away in that game after the big money that game against new orleans um, yeah, I like Waller a lot too. 5,200. Uh, Mike Gusecki had a big game against Buffalo week two, although that was with no Tremaine Edmonds. But um, I think Waller, just strictly from a volume standpoint, a game like you mentioned, they're probably going to have to throw. Um, if you're going to pay up uh, over 5,000, he's clearly the guy for me. Yeah, like I always look at him Mike. as like a, like if he was a wide receiver and had these yeah. stats, like would we play him? And the answer is like, of yes, we would. And like he's in that same range as like, um, Jefferson and Lamb and Robbie Anderson, kind of those guys. But I'd, I'd play him over Jefferson and Lamb for sure. Right. And so yeah. um, it just, I mean, again, it, I know some people, just because we, it's almost a little easier to get like the breakout 3,500 tight ends because they catch three passes and one of them has to be, happens to be a touchdown. But like um, that Waller price and the game, I mean, they're at home anyway. So it's uh that's kind of an attractive one for me. 500 less than Tyler Higby is absurd. <laughs> absurd. He's six, he's $700 more on FanDuel. He's $500 less. I guess they're really playing that three touchdown game. That's a, the Tyler Higby game that we liked, but um, yeah, Waller for 5,200 is good. I, the other guy I do like, and I wish he wasn't so close to Waller in price is TJ Hawkinson. He's yeah. 4,800 on DraftKings. He's been really solid. I yeah, mean, I know been. that uh, he's over 50 yards each game, which for a tight end, you know, that's a really nice floor. Seven targets last week, which I really like to see because Kenny Galladay was back. You wondered how the target share was going to move move around there. And it seems like um, you know, he might be second and Marvin Jones might be third right now in this offense for Matthew Stafford. Uh, Green Bay tight ends had two touchdowns on New Orleans last week. Darren Waller had that big game we mentioned before. That was against New Orleans too. So they've had trouble stopping the tight end. 
Um, I wish he wasn't only $400 cheaper than, than Waller because I, I find it hard to go Hawkinson over him. But he's someone this week, uh, of the guys above 4000 um, you know, aside from Waller, he was my favorite player this week. Yeah, and there, I mean, there are good players in that group. Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. So, like, it's not like— You should call Evan Ingram a good player. Um, he used to be a good player. I know. It's frustrating. He's so athletic, and you would think in this offense, yeah. with Sterling Shepard out, he would be the guy. But it's just—I don't know. Daniel Jones— I watched that game, obviously, because I played the Niners. Daniel Jones looked terrible in that game. Yeah, it's a nice bout of unity for the New York teams to have, like, very good tight ends who catch passes and never use them as they continue to spiral to the number one pick. But Yeah, that uh, that, that Chris Herndon sleeper play is not especially paying off so far. He's going to be the one, uh, week 12. I told you so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hunter Henry, you mentioned, is, is interesting, too. I mean, another guy that a good floor, five catches in each of the first three games. Only him and Travis Kelsey had done that in the tight end position. Eight, eight, and seven targets. I think if you're as a floor guy, it's hard to it's hard to not like him in a PPR situation at 4600. I, I just like Hawkinson more this week. Yeah, I get that. Under 4000, real quick. There's a couple guys here, like you mentioned, Logan Thomas, 3500. Um, I just it, Dwayne Haskins, like uh, Pro Football Focus has 50 percent of of Thomas's uh, catches even deemed catchable. 50 percent of his targets, Targeting. sorry, which is just a horrible percentage. I mean, for, especially for a tight end where it's not like you're you throwing 70 yard bombs down right. the field, you know, hard to connect. We're talking about a guy that you should be fairly short catchable passes, but he still has, I'm doing the math. We're 24 targets in each of the, in the first three weeks and, you know, at least seven in all those games. So really consistent targets. They should have to throw the ball the whole second half in this game. You know, they're, they're big underdogs. Um, I don't know, 3,500. You got to think at some point, if you get that many targets is a guy that I'm going to go back to. I think he's going to be by far the most popular cheap tight end. You think Jimmy Graham is second under this range? I mean, 3,800 coming off a two-touchdown week with nine targets, seven targets after Nick Foles came in. He has nine red zone targets on the year. I think Graham is so TD dependent that it's hard to play, but I don't know. If you're going to get that many targets and Foles obviously look to him, I I can see people playing him too at 3,800. I hope they do. That's about how I feel about it. I, I would definitely rather have Logan Thomas. What about Gronk? That's my last guy to mention here. Like after doing nothing, he had seven targets last week, six for 48. No Chris Godwin this week. He's at, down to 3,600 on DraftKings. Uh, the first uh, first time all year where I, I wouldn't roll my eyes if you wanted to play Gronk. Yeah, that's a, that's how I felt. Like I don't really want to play him, but for how little they're th- that Brady's throwing to Evans and no Godwin, um, I don't know. Do you think do you fear that they're going to need him on the line though against that Chargers pass rush? Yeah, that, that could definitely be a problem. They're going to want to protect Brady, but I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed like he finally, maybe he wasn't in football shape and didn't know the offense, but it seemed like last week was the first time that, uh, you know, signing Gronk actually made a little bit of sense because it was weirdly like, you're like, is he going to retire again? Like they're not right. even using him and all of a sudden seven targets. You wonder if maybe there's a little bit of squeaky wheel there in practice and, you know, Brady wants to get him involved. But, uh, you know, I, I think in a red zone, he's going to start to be a guy that, that they're going to look towards. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Uh, defense this week. Uh, anybody, uh, you're always the cheap defense guy. So I'm gonna go to you first. Any like cheap de- defenses you like this week? Um, not really. Um, I have, I have one, but that I that like under 3000, but it was a tough week for him. Yeah. I, I looked at the Texans a little bit. Um, Minnesota doesn't like, it's tough because like their offense isn't that good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that are a good team to target in terms of like turnovers. Yeah, especially um, if they pan it to Dalvin Cook a lot. Right, right. Uh, I considered uh, Carolina after how bad Kyler was last week, at least in terms of turnovers. Yeah, but bad they're terrible. Like he was throwing the ball into coverage. He was bad. Yeah. Um, so terrible. I always look at quarterbacks mostly, and 
it was like, oh, maybe I'll play the Raiders against Josh Allen. And I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Josh Allen's good these days. So I can't, I can't do that. Um, Cincinnati's not bad against that's, Jacksonville. That, that's my one under 3,000 yeah. that I had bolded. I think it's, uh, they had three sacks last week and two interceptions. And Jackson was getting up 10 sacks the last three weeks, multiple turnovers the last two weeks. So they're a team that, uh, you know, Minshew tends to kind of force stuff a little bit, try to make stuff happen. They're the team that if you're new under 3,000, I think they were, they're 2,900 on DraftKings, 3,400 on FanDuel. They were, uh, they're really cheap on FanDuel. 3,400 is a lot when you consider the, the top ones are like 5,000. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go cheap, uh, it was pretty clear to me that I think Cincinnati is the best play of the cheap ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. And then of the expensive ones, I mean, I love the Rams this week. I mean, they had four sacks last week against Buffalo, and the, the Giants have allowed multiple sacks each week, multiple turnovers each week. Uh, they're 3,900 on DraftKings, 4,800 on FanDuel. Uh, I also like the Ravens a lot. They did not play well against Kansas City. They're going to probably come in pissed off. Uh, Washington's allowed three or more sacks in every in every game so far, and they had five turnovers last week. So if you're going to go expensive, um, Baltimore and the Rams, but cheap for me was Cincinnati. Yeah, even like slightly – like they're not necessarily that cheap, but like, I think you're perfectly fine with Seattle at 3,400 on DraftKings. like Fitzpatrick, as much as we were talking, how much they have to throw in all that, like he can easily throw two or three pick sixes even. For um, sure. And I was surprised to see the bears were cheaper than the Colts. Um, obvious, or I don't know if it's obvious. Yeah. That, the Colts coming off that jets game probably boosts their price a little it, bit. It has to a little bit. Um, but like with obviously Foles is there now and, I don't know. The Chicago defense against Phillip Rivers doesn't sound so bad to me. Yeah, I think that that works, too. I think in that range, Tampa Bay is interesting, too, against the Chargers. Um, you know, Herbert's looked good, but has turned it over. They turned it over four times last week. Uh, Tampa has 11 sacks the last couple of weeks. They're getting after the quarterback pretty well. And, you know, if you're going to get, get the formula going, you know, uh, pressuring a young quarterback is usually a pretty good way to get some big plays on sure. defense. Yeah, good call. Um, yeah, so if I'm going down, it's it's probably Tampa 3,400, but then way down to be Cincy. And then if I'm going up, uh, I think Baltimore the Rams are both really good plays this week if you have a little bit of extra cap, which is uh, always hard to find as you're filling out your roster. You always want to go down on that defense when you're trying to you know fit someone in. But uh, if you do have a little bit of extra money, you play Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. Uh, Rams of Baltimore, I, I do like there. Yeah. Anybody else that you want to talk about? I think we kind of hit it all in a, a very busy and a points-filled slate. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're used to, almost like ignoring games and it's like tough to do it with so many high totals this week yeah and we're used to like really high, heavily targeting one or two games and that, that, that gets harder this week too i think it's gonna be really fun i think uh i think percentages this week are going to be uh, the most fun they've been so far this season yeah for sure well thanks everybody for listening to the rotowire fantasy football podcast the friday dfs version we always appreciate that if you have any questions or anything you want to hit us up on twitter uh andrew is at rotowire andrew i am at scott jenstead other than that if you could please rate review the podcast we'd also appreciate that other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week four. We'll be back at you next week with another uh, coverage of the week five slate. So take care and have a great weekend. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. 
Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.